Thanks for listening to the Benefits Breakdown. Stay tuned until the end of the episode to receive a code for Sherm Credit. Enjoy the episode. Hello, hello. This is Vanessa Longnecker, and welcome to another episode of the Benefits Breakdown. I'm here with... Hey, everybody. Jared Bocut is with you. Jared Bocut, you are with us. Vanessa is with us. <laughs> I was so enthusiastic. You are. Wow. You're pumped to be here. My name's either Vanessa, Jared, or my name's Adam Compton, but let's get into it and have some fun. I hope you're ready to have some fun. Uh, team, we have an amazing partner with us today. We're welcoming Richard Shearer from our international benefits team. Richard, welcome to the Benefits Breakdown. Yeah, thanks again for having me. It's my pleasure. We've gone global. We got it, our international guy to talk about global benefits. Mr. Worldwide in the house. <laughs> Luckily, there's no visual. There's no dance moves today. This is just education and understanding <laughs> of the international practice. <laughs> That's my pre-qualifier. So, Vanessa, back to you. <laughs> Oh, no, I mean, I think, you know, from, for our listeners out there, thanks for tuning in. This is a topic that is highly, highly relevant, I'd say more than ever before. And clearly, Rich has been doing this for decades, right? So fast forward, you know, we have employers that have expanded through hybrid and work environments through different states and different regions, but we absolutely are equally seeing a leap to new countries, new regions, new markets across the globe. So much like Brown & Brown has rapidly grown globally in all areas of risk management management. Rich and team have been moving and shaking and doing wonderful things. So Rich, would love to hear a little bit more about what you've been up to and how you're helping support those goals of our, our clients. Yeah, thanks, uh, Vanessa and team. So I've been leading our international EB practice since 2017, where my role has been to make sure that we're providing clients with solutions that really fit their needs outside the U.S. And as you said, it is an ever-evolving market space. Um, companies are always looking for new markets to expand into whether they're operating in a market for the first time, coming off a PEO arrangement, or part of a merger or an acquisition, we have seen a steady trend of M&A activity for several years, both pre and post pandemic. And for a lot of our clients, this is their first time ever entering a non-US space. And so they really require a lot of education, support to allow them to kind of navigate the laws, the cultural norms, if you will, and the market practices of those countries. So my team, we have over 20 years experience in international space, and that's all we do is support Brown and Brown's global clients. It's kind of a nerve wracking thing, I think, for employers, you just hit on it, that are expanding into the international space for the first time. And employers are like, what do we do? They're so used to the domestic benefits here in the US. And maybe they just had an acquisition that they're getting people in Canada for the first time. Help us understand the way that you engage with clients and things that you're seeing as they're getting into markets for the first time and maybe some of the new trends that we're seeing across the globe out there. Yeah. So I will say that, you know, all of our clients are, of course, U.S. headquartered. And so they have a very U.S. lens and they're looking at benefits through. And that does and kind of taint their ability to sort of think outside the box sometimes. Uh, and they want to always expand that U.S. philosophy outside of our borders. And that's possible, but there are some limitations to doing that because certain markets don't offer certain benefits. You know, benefits don't look and feel the same way outside the U.S. as they do in the U.S. for various reasons. And although benefits are designed around the local marketplace in all these countries, it is important for the client to have a consistent philosophy when it comes to their total rewards, including benefits. And so, again, we can expand that U.S. vision and, and philosophy outside of the U.S. borders, but want to make sure we're tailoring benefits that do fit the group size in the country, the local 
you know, market trends, the local legal requirements, the culture of that, of that local market. Uh, and so we're very careful about making sure that we are providing clients with benefits that fit all those, all those factors in a given location. Uh, and one of the more exciting parts for our team is that the voyage of discovery with a client, kind of figuring out what it is they're looking for. Again, what is their approach to benefits? How big, how small are they? Is it an acquisition? Um, are they entering a market for the first time? Is there you know, any sort of harmonization we have to work on? And so those questions, which are really the most time-consuming part of a new client engagement, are critical to us to be able to find the right solution for the client. And some of the trends that we have seen and continue to see both pre and post pandemic is, again, I mentioned, I think, continued M&A activity. The M&A market has not slowed down. Most of our clients today grow through acquisition, which presents its own set of challenges, as you can imagine. We are seeing governments around the world that are shifting the burden of care to employers. So reducing government programs and sort of putting the employers on the hook for providing benefits to their employees has been legislation in various countries, UK, UAE, and Poland, where the private market has been growing and, again, putting more pressure on employers to be more competitive by offering supplemental benefits in those countries. There is a continued demand for action around the mental health issue, which is now a global issue, if you will. Uh, whether it's a global EAP or just better employee engagement, that trend, we see no signs of slowing down. There's also, because of global inflation, an increase in healthcare costs, post-pandemic utilization, which has increased costs for all of our clients when it comes to the benefit renewals. And there's also a return, in a positive way, to post-pandemic, or should I say pre-pandemic, business travel, which is also uh, opens an opportunity for us as an organization to make sure our clients have a travel policy in place. And if they don't, we should be making sure they have that just to reduce their exposure and their risk. Rich, what I heard you say is that this is easy. Everybody's got it. There's nothing you have to worry about. <laughs> it's like California, right? <laughs> well, I even think <laughs> domestically, we think of all the different regions and the carriers. Let's broaden that to what you just kind of touched on, which is this very different healthcare system that might exist from Canada to Singapore to Poland. We we had one in Croatia that we worked on. It was just very different based on that. So it seems like that deep dive is that first piece. But to the M&A piece, I just want to build on that a bit because I'm picturing a domestic company that's buying maybe somebody for the first time outside of the global or the United States. And that HR team that might have little experiences going, oh, man, I've now got an organization. Let's pick on Poland just because we talked about it. That that deep dive, like what are the, what are the things that they might be thinking about that just isn't top of mind. I think we're thinking medical benefits or dental benefits or vision, but it's not just that when we think global coverage and for all the different things that you're bringing in into sight, what are some of those key things employers and the HR teams can, can think about? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I would say 99% of our clients, domestic, US-based, you know, corporate headquarter HR teams have zero experience outside the US, which is perfectly normal. So you have a, a company based in Kansas City, all of a sudden buys a company, said in Poland, it might as well be on Mars because the differences are just very stark and, and, and very clear. And so our team does a lot of education around kind of dispelling some of the myths around socialized medicine and why are we offering benefits in these countries. The reality is, and it has been for quite some time, that over 90% of countries outside the U.S. offer some level of private healthcare 
life insurance, disability insurance, for example. So the myth around socialized medicine, we dispel that right away. And whether it's Canada, by the way, or whether it's Poland, the markets are very similar in that in order to be competitive in those spaces, companies, employers need to be offering something better and something above what the state provides. And so that trend outside the U.S. is across all countries. We see it in Asia, Latin America, across Europe especially, where social systems are no longer able to sustain the pressures uh, within their own countries with a lowering tax base. And just that shift we see is, again, consistent in all countries. And so one of the things that employers in the U.S. need to understand is that we should take a very um, objective approach when it comes to looking at these countries. Because, again, none of them resemble the U.S., in terms of what is available in the market. And certainly the cost is much lower outside the U.S., but we touch on all things health-related, if there's healthcare in the country, life, disability, accident coverage. And we also coverage pension plans as well. So DB and DC pension plans are still very much alive outside the U.S. And our team also supports clients with either navigating, putting new ones in, or just taking over the management of those legacy pension plans. Yeah, I liken this conversation to one of my first experiences many years ago with Rich and Team. And we had a client entering a new territory that none of us had, you know, a lot of framework around. And immediately it's like a SWAT team that came in. They're like, here's our country report. Here's what they offer. Here's the baselines. Here's what you need to do to be competitive. Good, better, best. Just same thing you do as a U.S. domestic employer. Set a philosophy, right? Understand what are the dynamics there and how does that fit into my bigger picture? Sometimes we can layer collectively in tandem with Rich and Team things that are universal, like global EAPs or global right solutions that create and achieve certain equity goals of an organization. Other times, of course, we have to layer and slice and dice or pigeon different tack-on solutions around a country's specific benefit that's a requirement or a base layer. So it is kind of a fun puzzle that you get to put together every day, Rich, and that's what's so intriguing. I mean, I think we see far more employers expanding their boundaries in new ways, both domestically and globally today than we ever have before. And so it's a, a fun time to be in your space and collaborating with you. Yeah, well, I, I can't agree more. It is actually still fun for us to be able to find solutions for clients who are otherwise, for the most part, lost, right? They really have no idea where to go, uh, where to start the uh, the discussion. And so we like providing clients with context. It's a key word for us is giving them some perspective around expectations, managing the expectations, and just helping them understand that, you know, it's it's not quite as foreign in some cases as you might think, but there are some stark differences we have to address early on when it comes to comparing the U.S. to any other country. Again, whether it's Canada or you know Kazakhstan, it really doesn't matter. There are differences we have to address and make sure the client understands that we have to address these things in, in a very different way than you would normally do, let's say, in the U.S. And so th this client discovery process for us, the onboarding process, is the most fun because it allows us to really um, kind of show off some of our expertise, if you will, and also lets us leverage um, not only the data we have access to, but more importantly for us, the partners we have around the world. And, you know, we, we couldn't do our job without our partnerships that we have in over 100 countries through our WBN network. We've been a member of that network for 30 years, very proudly, and that allows us to provide clients with access to fully vetted and licensed firms on the ground. And just like my team, 
is an extension of the clients team here in the U.S. Our partners in all these countries are an extension of the Brown and Brown teams in those locations. They may have a different name on their door, but they share the same approach when it comes to servicing our clients, ethical standards, and they understand the expectations that U.S. clients have. Our U.S. clients can be sometimes a little demanding, and so our teams around the world understand the importance of response time and also providing our clients with clear and concise data and recommendations so they can make the best decision both for their organization and for their people. So Rich, I have a question, probably pretty basic for most people, but I think it's going to be helpful for many in our audience. I'm an employer who, I'm going to go with Adam's um, scenario. We just purchased and have our first international acquisition. And Is this a, a Jared side hustle? No, 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 not yet. We'll get not there yet. maybe. Okay. But our first purchase or acquisition of an organization in Poland. But one of the things that we're going to be doing as an organization is sending a couple of employees over there for a long extended period of time. And they're concerned because they are not citizens of this country. How are they going to get access to healthcare and get access to benefits? What can be done from that front for American citizens going to a different country to get access to, to benefits? Well, that's a great curveball, but I'm happy to say we do have a solution for that one as well. So there are three categories that our team services, so three types of employees that we typically see on a regular basis. Most of our work, I would say 95% of our work is around the sourcing, placing, and then managing local national benefits. So Polish employees, Polish residents on a Polish payroll who need local benefits in that country, that's the bulk of our work just because of the way the market has shifted. Um, by the way, we're the only team at BNB that does provide that uh, local national placement. The second category is, I mentioned, I think, uh, business travelers, right? So business travel accident insurance, which all of our teams can write, uh, but a great risk mitigator for our clients, nevertheless. The third category, and the one that you mentioned, Jared, are expatriates. So that's when you send someone from their home country to a foreign country for a defined period of time. Typically, it's more than a year. It's often three to five. I'm a two-time expat myself, so I've kind of lived and breathed that experience uh, in a very personal way for many years. And those employees are unique because they're no longer on their home country benefits, and they don't qualify for local benefits in that country. So how do you treat them, right? And so they're they're kind of in that in that gray area. The good news is there are many solutions for those expatriates who need a more comprehensive, more flexible benefits package. And we work with carriers like Cigna, UHC, Aetna, MetLife, who just focus and specialize in that expatriate space. So the good news is we have a solution for you, um, whether you're local, just visiting, and or going to be there for a couple of years. Um, and so this is not foreign to us, pardon the pun, but we deal with these issues all day long. And again, we've not come across <laughs> we've not come across a an issue or a problem yet that we can't solve for clients. I'm always good for a curveball now and again, Rich. So you just got I, I like to keep everyone on their toes. You do, and I, I, I do appreciate that. <laughs> I just think the local laws and regulations have to be so different by different restrict by different areas. And from a compliance perspective, that's probably a different slippery slope in itself. But fair to say there's different needs and requirements from a you know a European country versus maybe an Asian country. Fair to say that your local boots on the ground are really supporting that. And how do you see that helping employers to kind of roll back to our domestic uh, corporate headquarters here in the U.S. to make sure that they're doing all the right things? 
Yeah, compliance is is number one issue for us. It's always number one focus. It really, it's really, it's the foundation of our consulting approach. If we get that wrong, it doesn't really matter how competitive or cost effective the employees or employers' benefits are. Compliance drives most of that decision making uh, and kind of guides us along, you know, the correct solution for the client. Right. So. Unfortunately, Brown and Brown, we don't have a compliance team that focuses on non-U.S. benefits. So we have to rely on our local brokers, as you say, boots on the ground in those countries to advise us on any sort of red flags, uh, risks they might see. You know, in most cases, benefits for the most part are regulated at the local level. And in most cases, a client will already know in advance if they're breaching any sort of legal restriction or requirement in that country. Uh, but there are some that we've identified for clients, especially with acquisitions that they weren't aware of. And that has helped them avoid financial legal penalties. And so again, we can't stress it enough. It's the first thing we ask clients. It's the first thing we want to uncover with clients is, and with our broker partners, is there a risk, a legal risk to either the, the, the organization in the country or or, or its employees, because again, getting that wrong will have lingering effects for that company in that country, and it may even prohibit that company at some point from doing business in that country. In a previous life, I saw that firsthand at previous organizations where we kind of got that piece wrong as a company, uh, and kind of bouncing back from that does take a lot of uh, negotiation and a lot of a lot of pain, unfortunately. Um, so again, um, we rely on our broker partners to support that piece of it. But we also receive uh, legislative alerts from a lot of third-party partners and other resources that we we work with around the world. So we have a plethora of data coming into us on a regular basis. And in most cases, I would say in all cases, where there's going to be a legal change in a country, we have at least a 12 to 18-month runway to help clients plan for that change. And so we can work with our brokers and our clients to make sure they're doing all the right steps well in advance of any law actually coming into effect. That's awesome. I mean, I know, right, when we're if we're sitting here as a domestic employer, right, we know it's hard enough just to navigate leave laws on a state-by-state basis, uh, let alone regulatory or training requirements. I mean, you name it, the list goes on and on and on. Those complexities obviously don't go away as you enter new markets, but it's so important and so awesome to have your team here helping us out each and every day. So thank you for that um, as we and our partners expand their global footprint Right. It's exciting to know they have that SWAT team. They have that Mr. Worldwide to help them out. Right. So all Rich loves that name yeah. so much. I think he's yeah. I wish yeah. you guys could see him blushing every time Vanessa yep, brings that name. Great. Like I'm gonna have t-shirts made for all of us. I think so. It's <laughs> awesome. Team, We've done it before with guests on the podcast, just so you know. <laughs> it wouldn't be a first, but I, I think I, I say this all the time. I, I think one of the things that I love the most about what I do is the smart people I have around me. It's a, it's an amazing safety net. There's nothing that I feel like we don't get into that we don't have smart people around us to help find wonderful solutions to employers' challenges because employers have these constant challenges ongoing, whether it's international benefits, pharmacy, you name it. Those challenges are constantly be thrown on these HR teams. Having smart people around to find the solutions, I think is just crucial. And I think as employers are looking at these, looking for those outside expertise, don't panic. Don't panic is the first thing. Hey, we're going into this country for the first time. Don't panic. There's people out there that are experts in this space and having the right partner to help you navigate that just becomes even that much more crucial. 
Well said, my friend. I think that is a a wrap on another episode of The Benefits Breakdown. Thank you so much, Richard, for being with us today. We're excited about all you do and the great work you do with our partners each and every day in the field. So thank you for your time. We certainly would love to have you back again in the future and appreciate all those listening in. Over and out. Thanks again. Thanks so much for listening to The Benefits Breakdown. We really appreciate it. This episode, in combination with our previous episode titled Social Determinants of Health and How They Impact Health and Health Equity, is eligible for one SHRM credit. The code for SHRM credit is 23ZRYMQ. That's 23-Z as in Zulu, R as in Romeo, Y as in Yankee, M as in Mike, Q as in Quebec. This code expires after December 31st of 2023. So thanks again for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And we'll see you next time on The Benefits Breakdown.